Welcome back, sports fans. Don't worry, you didn't accidentally end up in a podcast from The Ringer. This is Superstitions, a Spotify original from Parcast. My name is Alastair Murden. I'll be giving you a play-by-play of our next matchup in this ongoing competition. Superstitions versus our age-old foe, life. Today, we're checking out the stats on another sports legend. Much like the curse of the billy goat, this one is about hairy beasts too. But not lovable barnyard animals, this time we're talking about players themselves and the superstitious practice of growing playoff beards. Starting with hockey players in the 1980s, many athletes in the postseason stop shaving until their team has been eliminated or won the ultimate competition. But what happens if a player's facial hair is accidentally shaved off? In today's story, a hockey player learns that a beard can be lucky in a game, but unlucky in life. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, a hockey player's win isn't the only close shave he gets. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Nine seconds left on the clock. The hockey rink vibrated with thunderous cheers, but Colin Wade barely heard it. The Vancouver Eagles power forward skated to the face-off circle. The match was tied 3-3. If they scored here, they would go on to play a final Game 7. His team wasn't even supposed to make it to the playoffs, but here they were. Here he was. The biggest game of his life. But as Colin's mind bordered on panic, he remembered his good luck charm. He ran his fingers through the patchy beard on his face. It looked like a moose shedding in springtime, but to him, it was a thing of beauty. During the playoffs, it kept him focused, especially in high-pressure moments like this. And he needed it. As he stood at the face-off circle, a giant defenseman from the other team, Kozlowski, skated over. His grin showcased his missing teeth, and he was ready to lose more. Colin ignored the big man's maw and zeroed in on the ice at their feet. At the sound of the whistle, the puck dropped to the ice. Colin didn't even think. He flicked the carbon fiber stick in his hands. It sent the little black disc ricocheting through Kozlowski's skates. Eight seconds left. One of Colin's teammates scooped up the puck with his stick. Colin looped around Kozlowski's back. Seven seconds. Everyone swarmed the puck, but Colin sprinted for an empty parcel of ice near the net. Five. Kozlowski barreled into Colin's teammate. Colin watched them duel like rutting animals. Three. Kozlowski elbowed Colin's teammate in the ribs and skated away with the puck. Colin sighed. That might have just sealed their fate. But Colin's teammate hooked the puck and jabbed it into open ice. Toward Colin. Two. Colin didn't even have time to square off his skates. 
he swept his stick back and heaved all of his weight and power behind it. One. He watched the puck rocket through the air toward the net. The goalie reached out his glove and the little black disc disappeared. For a second, Colin stood motionless on the ice. He waited for the goalie to open his glove to reveal he caught it, but it didn't happen. The goalie slumped, disappointed. A horn blasted in the arena. It was a goal! Colin's teammates, all with hairy lumberjack faces, jumped in the air and skated toward him. They had won! As the stands exploded into a deafening roar, Colin's comrades lifted him on their shoulders and skated off the ice. After Colin showered and dressed, he joined several players in the press room. A gaggle of reporters asked them questions about the game. What were they thinking during the final play? Did their beards have anything to do with their lucky win? Then, one journalist singled out Colin. Did I hear that you're getting married this weekend? Colin smiled sheepishly. That's right, just a small ceremony with our parents. I have to stay focused on the game. He peeked over the heads of the reporters and saw his fiancée, June, at the back of the crowd. Colin gestured to her. Hun, come on over. Everyone, this is June. The reporters turned to see a striking young woman with a short bob, sparkling chestnut eyes and a Vancouver jersey. She slinked into the room, embarrassed by all the attention. Cameras snapped photos and journalists yelled questions. June, what do you think of Colin's goal? Where are you getting married? Any plans for children? June blushed. I'm just so proud of him and the team, she said. When she arrived at the players' table, she smushed Colin's cheeks and kissed him on the lips. Colin's teammates elbowed in. Aren't they the cutest? One said. Don't tell my wife, but June is everyone's favorite. She comes to every game. Colin's a lucky guy. Colin nodded in agreement. I sure am. When the press conference was over, Colin and June slipped out a side door into an empty service tunnel. June jumped in Colin's arms. She kissed him again. I'm so proud of you, she said. You were amazing tonight. Colin smiled at her. You were. Let's go home and pop a bottle of champagne. June laughed. <laughs> You're kidding, right? We're already late for dinner. Colin squinted at her. What dinner? He asked. But then he realized, Oh no, our parents! I totally forgot! Is it too late to cancel? June chuckled. Your mom drove two days. Mine flew 5,000 miles. Come on. When Colin and June arrived at the restaurant in downtown Vancouver, June's parents were already there. They bowed to Colin. Nice to meet you, Colin, they said in rehearsed English. Colin bowed back. Nice to meet you, Mr. and Mrs. Ling. Her parents shared a look. June scowled and spoke to them in Mandarin. Colin smiled diplomatically. Is something wrong? June sighed. Nothing. I'll, I'll tell you later. Colin looked skeptically at her, but there was no time to worry about it now. Just then, his mother screamed from across the restaurant. There they are, my little Colin and June! She came barreling over. She brushed aside handshakes and hugged everyone instead. Colin and June laughed. It was going to be a fun dinner. After the meal, Colin and June said goodbye to their parents. 
The moms planned to meet the next day to help June with her dress, and of course, they'd all meet on Saturday for the wedding. As Colin and June drove home, Colin breathed a sigh of relief. That went better than I expected. June patted his hand on the steering wheel. We were worried for no reason. Colin nodded, but then remembered something. Except, what did you say to your parents before dinner? June winced. Nothing. It's not a big deal. Colin laughed playfully. <laughs> now you have to tell me. What was it? June bit her lip. She hesitated. It's just... your beard? Colin combed his fingers through the scraggly tendrils. I look like a bum, right? Thank God I only need it through the next game. June turned away. That's just it. Remember a few months ago when we were talking about the playoffs? You said if you made it, you'd still shave for the wedding. Colin nodded. Yeah, but that was before we had a shot of winning. June shifted in her seat toward him. I know how important this is for you, for us. But baby, in my culture, a beard at your wedding means a lifetime of bad luck. Colin cocked his head. Your culture or your parents' culture? June grimaced. That's unfair. It's centuries of Chinese tradition. This playoff beard thing is, what, a couple decades old? You said yourself it's silly. Colin adjusted the rearview mirror absentmindedly. But the guys are depending on me. June smiled wanly. So am I. After what felt like an eternity, Colin broke the silence. Fine, I'll cut it. She stared at him. Really? He nodded reluctantly. For you, I'll do it. She leaned across the car console and kissed him. Thank you. I love you so much. The next day, Colin found a trendy barbershop with antique leather chairs. A guy with a handlebar mustache and tattoos greeted him. He led him over to a chair. Cut and shave, right? Colin looked at his reflection in the mirror. He stroked his beard. He didn't believe in lucky charms. But what if there was something to it? If he shaved it and the team lost, he'd be ostracized. They might fire him. What team would want him then? He turned to the man. Just a haircut today. The barber shrugged. I can trim that beast for you if you want. Colin shook his head. Thanks, but I should keep it. As the barber went to work, Colin swallowed a lump in his throat. He knew June would be disappointed, but she would understand, right? This could affect their future. Sure, the Chinese tradition said it would bring bad luck in their marriage, but so would losing this final playoff game. He sat back and let the barber go to work. After his haircut, Colin met some of his buddies and team members at a nearby bar for his bachelor party. They slammed back shots of tequila and whiskey. The guys tried to drag Colin to a strip club across town, but he politely declined. He had to be up early for the wedding. When he arrived home, he was more than a little tipsy. He stumbled into the kitchen to get a glass of water. June snuck up behind him and hugged him. I'm glad you're home, baby. But when he turned around to kiss her, she noticed his face. Colin Eugene Ward, she cried. Colin winced. I couldn't, baby. I'd be letting the team down. June slumped disappointedly. So, you're letting me down instead? Colin shuffled into the living room. I love you, but 
can we talk about this in the morning, please? June shook her head. We're getting married in the morning. But Colin didn't hear her. He collapsed on the couch and started snoring. In the morning, when Colin woke up, his head throbbed. He hobbled to the bathroom. What a night. Too many tequila shots, he thought. When he looked in the mirror, he screamed. He thought he saw a ghost, or at least a strange person looking back at him. But when Colin opened his eyes again, he realized that it wasn't a stranger in the mirror. It was actually something even more shocking. It was him. His beard was gone. Coming up, a hockey team needs a new lucky charm. The internet. What would we do without it? So much information, so little time. And yet, with all the answers available online, there still lie scores of deep, dark, spooky secrets. Mysteries yet to be solved until now. This isn't clickbait. This is our exclusive new podcast, Internet Urban Legends. I'm Loie, your evidence expert. And I'm Eleanor, the self-proclaimed skeptic. Together, we're the gruesome twosome, sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web. Every Tuesday, we investigate the internet's creepiest conundrums, covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt. Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, blank room soup, or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths, or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo challenge. Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? Follow our new Spotify original from Parcast, Internet Urban Legends. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Colin Wade stared back at himself in the mirror. His beard was gone. His mind spun out of control. How could that have happened? Did he actually let the barber shave it yesterday? Maybe he shaved it himself, in his sleep? Perhaps this was all a nightmare. But when he slapped his bare cheek, he knew he was awake. He was in a different kind of nightmare. He peeked into the hallway. Honey? He called out. He heard June respond from somewhere in the house. Yeah, baby? He tried to sound nonchalant. Can you come here, please? When June arrived at the bathroom, she smiled at him. Don't you feel so much better? That's the face I'm going to marry today. Colin looked at himself in the mirror again. You did this? June grinned. Of course. You clearly forgot yesterday, so I did it while you were sleeping. Looks good, right? Colin's mouth felt momentarily paralyzed. He had promised her to shave for the wedding, but he had never been in the league playoffs before. His whole life he had dreamed of winning the cup. Now that his beard was gone, that dream was over. He couldn't show up to the game on Monday without a beard. His team would kill him, and they'd definitely lose. Colin clutched June's shoulders and looked her deep in the eyes. You Samsoned me. June raised an eyebrow. Samson and Delilah? She cuts his hair, making him break his oath to God so that he loses his superhuman strength. It's only like the second worst betrayal in the Bible. June held his gaze. Your strength wasn't in your beard, silly. Plus, I told you, 
If you get married like that, it's bad luck. Colin rolled his eyes. You don't actually believe that, though. But if we win Monday, that would change our lives forever. We'd be set for life. June shook her head. You know I don't care about money. Colin, think about it. A lifetime of bad luck. A lifetime. That's something I don't want to mess with. I can't believe we're even arguing about this. Colin's eyes were as big as hockey pucks. You can't? I feel like I don't even know you anymore. June clapped her hands with finality. What's done is done. Let's get dressed. We're getting married. Colin looked at June. He had faced some scary competitors in his life. Kozlowski put a guy in a wheelchair once, but this was the most scared he had ever been. He swallowed hard. We can't get married today. June stared at him. You're joking, right? We've been planning this for two years. Our parents are here. He shook his head in a daze. I'm sorry. I just... I can't do this right now. He felt his body float into the bedroom. He grabbed his overnight bag from a chair. It was already packed from earlier playoff games. His feet carried him through the house and out to the driveway. He could hear June calling to him, but it sounded muffled like he was at the bottom of a swimming pool. Colin! Colin, don't do this! He drove away, unsure where to go. He ended up at a posh hotel in downtown Vancouver, the one where visiting players stay. When he arrived, he couldn't remember getting there. He checked in and collapsed on the bed. The next day was a blur. Colin's phone buzzed endlessly with messages and calls, but he barely looked at it. June called. His mother called. He stared at himself in the mirror. Maybe his whiskers would grow quicker so he'd have something to show at the final game. No such luck. On Monday night, Colin drove to the hockey arena early. He walked down to the rink where the Zamboni was polishing the surface. The sweet smell of propane and fresh ice reminded him of his hometown rink where he learned to skate. When Colin's teammates arrived, they checked in on him. Yo, Colin, you okay, man? I heard what happened, said one player. The captain of the team put his hand on Colin's shoulder. Don't worry about the beard, he said. We'll be fine. Colin tried to smile. Thanks, he said. But they kept looking at him with that face, like he had cancer or something. Colin wasn't going to give up. He pulled on his uniform and laced his skates. But when the match began, everything seemed wrong. He was always one step behind. It felt like he was skating on peanut butter. Even his carbon fiber stick seemed more like a two by four in his hands. Finally, the coach pulled Colin out of the game. He sat on the bench with his head in his hands. It wasn't just Colin who was playing badly. By the end of the second period, the team was down by three goals. Nothing was working. The players hung their heads as they trudged back to the locker room to regroup. Colin didn't join them. He remained behind on the bench. He looked around the rink and at the fans in the stands. He looked up to the VIP box where the wives and family sat. He looked for June, but she wasn't there. Colin realized that playing the game meant nothing without her. He reached into the gear bag at his feet and pulled out his cell phone. He pressed her tiny icon. June's phone rang, but it went straight to voicemail. 
You've reached June's phone. Use your words, he heard her voice say. Colin swallowed deeply. June, it's Colin. Hi. I, uh, I don't know if you're going to hear this, but I just want to say I'm sorry. I should never have left the other day. I'd rather lose every game and be with you than win a million championships without you. You're all that matters to me. I love you. As he hung up, one of the trainers caught his attention. Colin, the team needs you in the locker room. Colin nodded. He trudged into the concrete tunnel that led under the bleachers to the locker room. He assumed their coach would give them the usual pep talk he had heard so many times before. The game isn't over until the final whistle. This is a defining moment in their lives. One of those lame speeches. But when Colin entered, his jaw dropped. He couldn't believe his eyes. The whole team had shaved their beards. What did you guys do? He stammered. One of his teammates stepped forward. We didn't make it this far because of beards. We made it this far because we're a team. Another player cleared his throat. <clears throat> and we didn't come up with the idea. She did. Colin looked to the corner of the room. Standing amidst piles of fluffy beard hair with a razor in her hands was June. She had tears in her eyes. I'm sorry I shaved your beard. Will you ever forgive me? Colin's whole body tingled. His stomach backflipped. He had never been so relieved and happy in his life. He sprinted across the room and picked her up in the air. She cupped her hands on his smooth face. He felt an electricity flow through her delicate fingers into his cheeks. He knelt down on one knee. Will you marry me? She leaned down and kissed his face. Of course, she said. But win this game first. The whole team erupted in applause. After a minute, the manager looked at his watch and cleared his throat. <clears throat> it's time. Colin led the team out of the locker room and onto the ice. He looked around at his fellow players. They appeared to be 10 years younger. It wasn't just their smooth cheeks. It was a look in their eyes. They were no longer hairy wildebeests. They were sleek, shiny gazelles. And they were ready to play. Colin looked up to the stands. June was there in her usual seat. She waved at him. He mouthed three words to her. I love you. And when the referee's whistle pierced the air, Colin took off for the puck. He had never skated so fast in his life. Unlike many of our superstitions, the origin of playoff beards is well documented. Experts say it began in 1980 with the New York Islanders hockey team. The organization had lost in the semifinals in 1975, 76, 77, and 79. So when they made it again in 1980, they were consumed by one mission, winning. A byproduct of that singular focus was not shaving, but these beards weren't an intentional strategy. Players recalled that it seemed to happen spontaneously. Butch Goring, an Islanders player, recalled, It was about keeping focused on the job at hand. But it wasn't solely for focus. One of Goring's teammates, Bob Nystrom, remembered, You get on a winning streak. You don't want to change a thing. We still showered, though. 
Whether or not the Islanders' beards were the lucky factor in 1980 is unknown, but over the next three years, the beards returned, and the team kept winning. They won four Stanley Cups in a row. After that, the hirsute look became a common practice in the National Hockey League. In recent years, playoff facial hair spread to other sports as well. Players in baseball, basketball, and soccer joined in the follicular fun. Even professional tennis and golf players have adopted the practice for big events. But they may be missing the point. As Butch Goring said about the Islanders' hockey team, they didn't win because they had beards. They won because they were focused. So perhaps the lesson from all this is to do what you want with your facial hair. It's your distractions that should be shaved down instead. Thanks for listening to Superstitions. We will be back Wednesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Superstitions was written by Adam De Silva, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Anya Bailey, and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden. <laughs>